You're listening to a BGE podcast. Friends and family gather round and fire up the barbecue. Let the smoke waft and float, that's what we're gonna do. You can't deny there's nothing like friends and family and food. Don't sit still, pull out your grill, we're gonna have a barbecue. Welcome back to another episode of the Blind Grilling Experience. We got a special guest, Mr. Bruce Brooks, going to be joining us in just a moment. And we're going to be talking about gardening, getting started in gardening. It's going to be good. Because if you're looking, you ain't cooking. Fire up the barbecue. Fire up the barbecue. Hey folks, my name is Chris Peltz. I'm the most interesting griller in the world and your host for the Blind Grilling Experience. And we've got joining today Mr. Bruce Brooks, a good friend and longtime uh, follower of YouTube and other uh, social media accounts that uh, he actually runs a few as well and is on a few. But Man, you talk about knowledge when it comes to gardening, when it comes to canning. I am excited to have him on today. Bruce, how you doing, my friend? I'm good. How are you doing? Oh, man. Finer than the frogs here split three ways, my friend. That's right. That's right. <laughs> oh, yeah, man. It's great. It is great. It's a beautiful day. It's a beautiful <laughs> time of year. And Absolutely. Yeah. I'm excited to have you on and, and joining me to talk about uh, about gardening and uh, why don't you just give us a, a quick rundown? First of all, um, let folks know what your vision is because I want to make sure this is out there and, and clear. And and uh, so they, you know, like, oh yeah, you got a you got some sighted guy on there telling us how to garden. What's that good? Is that going to do? <laughs> right. So um, I went blind at the age of thirteen in nineteen ninety one. I went from having twenty twenty to absolutely zero. I I can't see anything. Not sunlight. Nothing. So. And I started gardening um, in 2009 or so is whenever I, re- I started myself. You know, I was gardening when I think a lot of us probably gardened and stuff with our grandparents when we were younger. Um, but that's when I started. And uh, but again, no, no vision at all. Yeah. So. All right. Yeah. So so as we get into this conversation, folks, understand, <laughs> you know, I want to make sure that's clear because, you know, this is uh, and that's what's, imp- you know, you know, we always talk about why why are you so impressed that the blind guy's doing something, doing this, doing that. Listen, there are some things that I think are impressive. <laughs> right. And and the way you do things and, and how you've you've come about and, and how far you've come along, uh not only shows resilience, uh perseverance, but it just uh, you know, your knowledge and your ability I think is is gonna be great to share with others who maybe want to start doing a little bit of growing. And uh, and that's what we're going to get into because – and hopefully if, if you're all right and, and things go well and I don't scare you off, you know, we can do <laughs> a little bit of a, a kind of a, a running series for a little while because not only getting started in gardening, which we'll talk about today, but also, you know, going through some of the growing process and then, of course, down the road canning because – that's really what got my attention when you and I started talking about more than anything else was canning. And so we definitely going to get into that down the road. But today, right. you know, let's talk about gardening a little bit. And first of all, what kind of garden space do you have? Uh, I know not everyone's going to have the same setup and things. We'll get into that. But, you know, what I mean, how much stuff are you planting? How much stuff do you have outgoing in your garden right now? Well, like we have raised gardens. All of our gardens are raised gardens, whether they're container gardens. There's a couple that I've actually built that were just made out of two by twelves. Um, I have one garden that is out in my out in my pasture that is an old bathtub that was belonged to my grandpa that he used to use for a feed trough for his goats. And uh, we've got bell peppers growing in that right now. But most of my gardens are just raised wood garden, you know, wooden gardens. And primarily we have right now is tomatoes and peppers. That's our main thing that we grow every year. We grow a lot of tomatoes because we, whether we're making salsa, tomato sauce, pizza sauce, 
you know, there's too many variable things, you know, that you can do with tomatoes. So, yeah, right. Um, and peppers, you know, last year I grew an enormous amount of banana peppers. So I told myself I was not going to grow any this year because I can't so many last year <laughs> and my banana peppers have like just an amazing review from people. Everyone loves them because you can't, the way mine turn out, you can't even buy them in the store that way. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. So like everybody comes over banana peppers, you know? Yeah. So, right. Right. <laughs> yeah. I'm so, still waiting but, on my package. Just, just saying. <laughs> yeah, it, it, I promise you, it's coming. I promise. Oh man! So you know, a raised garden bed. You, you know, we're talking about uh, how long. First of all, how long are you making your garden? You know, raised gardens, raised garden beds can be of any size. I mean, you can have a two foot by two foot raised garden. You can have four by fours. You can have them two by eight. It doesn't matter. So, and uh. I started a friend of mine just just last year. He started buying the Rubbermaid tubs yeah. and putting some holes, you know, an inch above from the bottom. And uh, he got bags of dirt from Walmart. And that's how he started gardening. He started with just a couple. And now he has, I think, like 18 of those. Right. Okay. So, I mean, you can build them. You can buy something already pre-made there. You can grow in buckets. I mean, there are mm -hmm. people that are growing in anything and everything with, you know, whether it's patio gardens, you know, container gardening. Even. Yeah. Yeah. Big planters and things like that. Real quick, before I get off the raised bed area, though, um, you talk about building. I, I want to make this point because... Uh, I mean, we we do gardening. We we have uh, my in laws have a huge garden that we go out to and help them in in uh, in, in planting, picking, growing, and especially the eating. But uh, uh, right. we we also do some uh, planters and raised garden area here at the house off the deck. Uh, but when it comes to the wood that you use, I, I want to, you know, if someone wants to get into, you know, raised garden, they're going to do even a small two by two and they really adventurous. They want to build it themselves. Um, there's a couple of things you definitely want to stay away from, right? When it comes to the wood that you use. Right. A lot of people, you know, refuse to use treated lumber. You know, you can, I, I think some people use pressure treated or whatever, but we just always use untreated lumber. Yeah. Now, over time, it's going to rot. There's nothing you can do about that. However, you can use cedar, and cedar is going to last a lot longer, but right. it's going to cost yeah. you more. But don't use railroad ties. Don't use the right. any type of liquid treatment, you know, lumber, because all that's going to leave the wood and go into the ground, and it 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 it's going to make it more difficult, if not impossible, to grow things in. Um, so and it's not good for us. Yeah, so. exactly. Yeah, that creosote and all that stuff that they use to soak that wood. And railroad ties mm -hmm. is just not good. So you, you want to use that around flower beds, go for it, you know, try it, but uh, don't, don't use that around your garden for sure. Use cedar, like you said, untreated. Um, and that's, yeah, that's going to be your best bet. And another option is if, if you have, have access to a lot of concrete blocks, you can just use concrete blocks. There you go. Yeah. Okay, yeah. cool. Well, well, let's, let's get into the, the, first of all, the, the starting stages, right. And, um, a couple of things that some people like to do, they, you know, they, maybe they're thinking, well, you know, they're in an apartment or they're not sure about doing things outside. They want to start small um, and maybe start even inside while you can do these in and outside. Um, maybe some little herb plants might be something, you know, is that, would that be something you would recommend for somebody who wants to get started? Maybe just growing a little bit they can use in cooking in the house, you know, just doing some herbs. Right. And if you have no experience and you just want to grow, you know, grow something, start with herbs, uh, whether it's basil, you know, basil is probably the most used herb, I guess, I, at least around here as far as, as far as what yeah, we use. Yeah, I'd and, say here and, too. And cilantro. We love, absolutely love fresh cilantro. And that's something you can grow, you know, in your kitchen, by a kitchen window, got to have sunlight. So and you can buy those plants already in a little pot. You can set it on your window seal, you know, put it on a, a little saucer or something like that when you water it, just so you don't mess up your window seal. But I mean, that is a simple and quick and easy way to get started. If you just want to see how, you know, growing something and harvesting it yourself would be. Yeah, absolutely. And, and it, I mean, they, it goes great in anything. I mean, when it comes to seasoning, even steaks, I mean, you know, you could season mm -hmm. steaks with some basil, you could put it in different sauces, 
uh, put it on pizza, uh, you know, all kinds of things. Uh, another right. great thing we do around here is mint as well. We grow some mint. So, you know, we actually have some growing right now. And this is our first year growing mint. We don't really know what we're going to do with it, but we're going to do something with it. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It, it's great. First of all, it smells awesome. It does. <laughs> you it know, really and does. I mean, you can just take the little leaves and suck on them even, you know, I mean, just, it just, yeah, there's lots of cool things you can do with mint, but, but yeah, herb, herb gardening is, is really cool because you, you can do it outside on a patio or on a, you know, a, a uh, little porch area, even in an apartment. Um, but you can do it, like you said, you know, in a kitchen window or something like that. Uh, and usually they come in uh, already little, little, um, Oh, little cubes or little planter things where you can just kind of hang them or set them and, right. uh, and just, you know, uh, and just take care of them. Follow. Usually they come with directions even. <laughs> there, there you go. I mean, it, it is a simple and easy way to get started. Yeah, absolutely. So, so that, that's a great way, but let's say we're going to be a little bit more adventurous, right? And we're going to buy a planter. We're going to buy a big round planter. We can start planting some stuff um, you know, th- this is first of all, something you, you we're not going to be doing corn, right? Corn is going to be something you're going to have to have long rows and multiple rows in order to do things like right. corn or, you know, things like that. So that, that, that's kind of out right now, but if, if someone wants to just see how they can do it, how well they're going to, you know, keep up with it and, um, you know, find out first of all, how easy it can be, but also, um, something that helps promote success for someone who's blind or visually impaired um, when it comes to just getting started growing? What What are some of your recommendations? You know, when you go to your local nursery or even, like I said, Walmart, you know, they, they're going to sell, um, you know, plant larger versions of tomato plants. And they actually come with these plastic cages all already around them so you literally have to grab it and bring it home but so if you wanted to avoid having to buy a pot dirt you just wanted the plant ready to go you can buy that bring that home and it's going to contain your plant for you and more than likely those usually those size plants are you know they are already have tomatoes on them they're ready to go so i mean if you wanted to do something like that 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 would be the first thing I would suggest is if you know if you want to go that route. But if you want to get a planter, get soil, get you a small seedling, you can do that as well. You know. Yeah, and now not not a seed, but a seedling meaning it a it's seedling. already it's already you know got the roots you know in uh, a little bit right. of soil that it comes in, and it's probably three, four, five to six inches tall. Right, a seedling plant. I, I should definitely yeah. specify. If, if you're wanting to grow from a seed, you should have started a couple months ago. Yeah, yeah, right. In the spring yeah. growing system. Yeah, so, and, know, serious. And most people around, even here in Missouri, and I, I should say this: you're in Louisiana, right? Correct. So you have a much uh, longer growing season than than mm-hmm. we do in Missouri, and even folks, you know, it, you know, we have longer than they do up further north, but. Um, even around here, generally we go to either you know, hardware stores, big box stores, or some gardening stores, and and we get um, you know seedling plants, like you said, you know little three four inch tall plants, and that's what we're going to be starting with when it comes to some things like peppers and 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 tomatoes and things like that. But right. uh, but if you get a planter, and let's say it's about two foot around, right? So you can get a nice planter. You set on a patio. Um, or out on a little, you know, uh, front stoop if you're in an apartment or something. Um, what first of all, what kind of soil are you going to fill it up with? Personally, I suggest getting some kind of organic compost because uh, there's a lot of companies that will put anything and everything in their soil. But you always want to start with a good compost or a potting, you know, potting soil. Potting soil. But, yeah. And, but I, I really suggest compost. Because it's just it's just so much better for your plants. It really is. Yeah. So so get that filled up. And do the planters usually have some holes in the, if they're planters? Don't they usually have some holes through the bottom? I would I would say ninety nine percent of the time we yeah. we actually bought some about ten years ago that did not have holes in them, and that was a kind of weird because we weren't expecting that. And then we planted something and it it died because it. 
was getting watered, but the water wasn't able to drain out. Yeah. So you, you must have holes in anything you're going to grow in. Yeah. So so make sure there's holes in, towards the bottom so that the water can you know work its way through and drain, uh, yep. you know, spread out and drain so you don't just water log and kill your plants. Uh, it happens. Absolutely. Yeah, that's right. All right. <laughs> All right. So you get the planter, right? And then you get your... Uh, you get your compost, you get your topsoil, some potting soil, and and you get that. And sometimes in the potting soil, sometimes they'll even say what type of plants, whether it's flowers, vegetables, a type of vegetable. Sometimes potting soils are better suited for certain types of plants, and usually it'll say on the package if you know what what type of plant it's going to be good for. Um, so, you know, have somebody check that out for you if you, if, you know, uh, if, if you need to. Uh, and so think about the type of plant you're going to get and get us a, a potting soil that would be good for that type of plant. So yep. with that said, uh, then, um, you mentioned tomatoes, but if it, would that really be the first plant you would recommend if someone's just getting started necessarily? That's not necessarily the first plant I would recommend. I just feel like that's yeah. the primary plant that people want to go to whenever it, is. it comes to gardening. I, you know? Yeah, I agree. I agree. It is. But it, um, but what would you recommend though, really, for someone who's trying this out, that is really going to boost their confidence and and help almost help them along uh, more than they might even have to help the plant along. Right. I I really suggest peppers to people because they really have less pests that you know affect the plant. Um, and they're pretty compact. You can have, there's many varieties, whether it's, of course, there's many varieties of tomatoes as well, but you can have hot peppers. You can have sweet, you know, a lot of people, obviously a lot of people love bell peppers. You can have sweet banana peppers. Um, and there's so many variations of, you know, the different peppers as well. And you can get stuff that will, you know, make you cry. You can, because <laughs> it, it's so hot, you know, yeah, I, yeah. I, we personally do not grow anything hot. Um, but I mean, and it's just, just a, and you can pick the, the vegetable as well at, there are peak levels to pick the particular pepper. However, mm-hmm. we will pick them when we're ready for them. You know, you obviously have to wait until they're primarily done, but we pick our banana peppers when they're green and uh, that's when we pickle them and we, they're the best, but you can wait for the banana pepper to turn yellow, orange, red, you know, that's the stage that they're going to turn. All right. But how are you knowing with, with the, at that stage or, you know, is there a, can you follow a timeline? Because I know there is a certain timeline for plants when, you know, generally, you know, within a week or two, you know, from the time you plant it to the time it, it's it's going to be ready to pick. But if you're talking about checking out colors, is there something particular you use other than a wife? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I would say on the, like, let's say banana peppers. Usually you can tell, you can tell when they're ready just by the, the how firm the pepper is personally. Mm-hmm. Um if the if the pepper you're touching it and it kind of squeezes in when you when you apply some pressure it's not right it needs to not move um and banana peppers also as they get a little older you start feeling a little bumps on them a little bit i mean but yeah. they're fine at any stage now if you're if it's a big pepper and it's older but yet it's got you know soft mushy spots on it you don't want to eat that you know yeah. it's rotting um and as far as tomatoes Usually the way I detect whether tomatoes are ripe is by applying pressure, you know, from both sides with your, you know, your thumb or your pointer finger, whatever fingers you want to use. If the skin pops right back out right away, it's not ready. You need the impression to stay for a little bit. That's how I determine personally. Gotcha. Yeah. Now I'm not saying it's a foolproof method, mm-hmm. you know, but mm-hmm. I would say 90% of the time it's right. But the, the great thing about tomatoes, while vine ripened is, is ideal, Right. Tomatoes, you can definitely pick a little early and set in a window seal and let them let them ripen Absolutely. a little more. And I would say probably the majority of tomatoes that are purchased in the store were never they were green when they were picked. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so yeah. um, and, you know, I'm not a huge fresh tomato 
eater, my wife is, and mm-hmm. she said there's a huge difference between vine ripened. And, Absolutely, yeah. You know, I'm, I'm with her on that. Ripen. Yeah, yeah. Yep. So, um, so let's go back to the pepper thing here for just a minute because there are some things, and 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 you, I don't know, I've never talked to you about this, and the reason I'm bringing it up, tomatoes, for example. If you're going to plant tomatoes together, I highly recommend, personally, you stick with the exact same type of tomato um, and don't interchange various types of tomato plants, uh, especially in the same planter, really in the same area, I would say. But um, some people do. I I think the results are, are not nearly as good. But um, with peppers... It's not necessarily the case. You can do various types of peppers and still be pretty good. Now, am I on the wrong track? Have are, you know as far as the tomatoes go? Are you know? Do you, have you had really good luck with with various types of tomatoes? Am I am I crazy we, or what? <laughs> I mean, I, we primarily only grow Roma tomatoes. Okay, that's that's our main things because we're canning. You know that kind of thing. Um, however. You can't, peppers actually will cross pollinate and you can end up with a pepper that's like, that looks kind of weird. Okay. And so, and, and especially for the seeds from those particular vegetables, they're, you know, they could turn out to not, if you save the seed from a pepper that was cross pollinated, you're not going to grow the same pepper that you, you know, got from that. So, yeah. But the peppers will be okay. Though, yes. I mean, oh, yeah. Be, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, so let's say you get two planters, maybe do figure out a, a, um, a type of pepper, whether it's a green bell pepper or, you know, some other type, maybe a yellow, red, orange bell pepper, you know, put those in one planter and let them grow and have, you know, four or five, six plants, depending on how, how big the planter is. And then in another planter, maybe do something more like your banana peppers or uh, jalapenos or something like that. Right. Um, and another thing, you know, peppers and tomatoes, depending on the variety of tomatoes, they require, they have a space requirement. Okay. Um, you know, and if you crowd them too much in a small planter, you can't get six plants in one bucket and expect it, you know, expect the plants to get big. It's mm-hmm. not going to happen because I mean, they can only grow to the, the area that ha- they have. Yeah. Um, and as far as tomatoes go, you know, you have determinate and indeterminate varieties. And this is getting a little complicated, but the determinate varieties usually put on all of their tomatoes all at once. So, for example, Romas, we will have from one plant, you know, an average of 60 tomatoes over a, about a three week period. But after that, usually, every time that we've ever grown it, I've read about some people saying that they grow longer than that but your plant dies. It's not going to produce any more tomatoes, but then you're going to have indeterminate varieties that will produce all year long, as long as your weather, you know, will allow it. Yeah. And and you're picking and you're taking care of the plant and, and right. doing things that need Requires to be done. maintenance. Yeah, absolutely. So, so you can, so you can go to the store and you can get your planters, you can get your soil and you can get your, um, your small little plants that have already started some little starters and and get those planted and um you know add water and and then just start letting them grow and and that's a great start right i mean that's that's what you that's what you can do to get started when it comes to growing and um and really testing the waters i guess to see if gardening is going to be the thing for you right and and another another thing also depending on where you're living obviously people listen to this you know around the world Make sure that your weather is not, if you're, don't put your plants outside if you're going to have a random drop in temperature, you know, to even 35 degrees, because more than likely, especially if it's a small plant, you're not going to have that plant in the morning. Yeah. So, yeah. You know. Yeah. And, and again, different areas are going to be different when it comes to planting season. Like we're, we're, we're planting now. And I remember when we lived in Kentucky, they said never plant before the Derby, right? Well, the Derby was last week. <laughs> So, right. so we're good, but I mean, you've been planning a long time. Um, and you know, because of Louisiana weather, you, rarely do you, do you get right. freezes or anything. It, it can happen, but it, it's definitely not nearly as common for sure. Typically, typically we always plant around St. Patrick's day. 
However, this year we had some below freezing temps in March. And if I had planted, then, you know, they would have died. But yeah. I, I was very leery on it. So I waited a little bit longer and worked out. Yeah. All right. Well, stick with us, Bruce, here just a second. We're going to get back to some more of that conversation. Um, but before we do, let's hear from Kickash Basket. Kickashbasket.com. For all your grilling accessory needs, Check out kickashbasket.com. Let them know Blind Grilling sent you. They've got charcoal management baskets. They have ash cleanup cans. They've got some great insulated gloves for pulling out those hot cast iron skillets from your grill or from your oven and lots of other accessories that are great for you to check out and just a wonderful company to work with all around great products. Check them out at kickashbasket.com. So Bruce, let's, let's get into right now, you know, let's say somebody gets some pepper plants or tomato plants. Let's, let's stick with peppers for, for now. And then we'll move to tomatoes because tomatoes probably are a little bit more maintenance heavy. Um, I don't want to use, well, heavy, maybe a, uh, intimidating term, but, uh, we'll get into it. We'll, we'll let folks know what we mean. Uh, right. but first of all, peppers. So they're, they're starting, you know, you get these little plants, you're going to put them in, in the soil and let's say it's a six inch plant. It's six inches tall. Mm-hmm. All right. And, and we're talking about just your average pepper plant, whether it's a green bell pepper, banana pepper, <clears throat> how deep. Uh, do they need to put this pepper plant into the soil? You know, and that that's the one thing that very few people actually do um, as far as, you know, your planting depth. You know, it also is going to depend on how frail that particular plant is. If it's a really strong, healthy plant, I usually will plant 50% of the plant below the soil level. And the same for tomatoes. I usually plant my tomatoes a little deeper, but just, just, Let's just stick with the 50% thing. And that's going to allow all of that particular plant, the stem that's below the soil to become part of the root system, which in turn is going to make your plant so much more healthier, especially during, you know, whenever it's having a issue with water retention or whatever, and, and even stability, it's going to make your plant so much better. Right, right. And, and so, so that's kind of a, a rule of thumb when it comes to both tomato plants and pepper plants for you then? Absolutely. 100%. I mean, some of my tomato plants I planted this year, I planted them so deep that I actually had to curl the plant up toward the soil level because it had gotten kind of big. And it was like, I think around 16 inches tall. I planted all but four inches below the soil level. Okay. Wow. Okay. Now, yeah, I would still tell people to stick with a 50% level just for safety reasons until you know what you're doing. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. And and that allows, because what's going to happen is that root ball, first of all, is going to, you know, it'll start to, you know, spread out and, and do, well, let me get to that root ball real quick. When you pull it out of the little plastic container that it's in and you go to put it down in the soil, do you kind of spread out that root ball just a little bit? I do not. You don't, you just leave it the way it I is? I do not. I okay. do not disturb the roots at all. All right. All right. So leave the roots the way they are, stick it down in the ground, in, into the your hole and get it covered up and packed up. And because one of the things that will happen is that that stem, what what's gonna happen? I guess you could explain a little better than I could what'll happen with that stem that's down into the dirt from the root ball up to the top of the soil. Right. From that root ball all the way to the soil level, that will develop roots all up and down that entire stem level. And instead of your you know, your tomato plant over time, slow, you know, slowly reaching to the bottom of the soil level for water, it's already there. Yeah. And your plant can just focus on growing instead of just struggling for nutrients, you know, nutrients. Yeah. Awesome. All right. So, so that's a good, that's a good reason why you do what you do when it comes to, you know, going 50% uh, at least. Yeah. So yeah, well, 50%. Yeah, hundred percent reason <laughs> the reason the reason why I do just, that. <laughs> right. I'm just kidding. Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Let's not confuse folks, Bruce. Come on. Right. Now. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's all good. All right. Um. So 
so we get these things, we get it in the ground, right? Um, both your tomatoes or your or your pepper plants. So that's great. Um, it, we we add some water. We're letting them go. You know, they're going to get their sunlight. You know, they're going to get their rain. Um, hopefully, you know, we, we'll add we'll we'll water them. Um, is there a rule of thumb when it comes to watering? Because you know, I, I know you can over water some plants. Right. Um, usually stick your finger down in the soil and all the way to your second knuckle. And if it's, if it's wet at that point, you don't need to water. Okay. Now, if you get down to that and you, and it still feels dry, you know, at your fingertip, you need to water. That's, that's what I tell people. Yeah. I mean, yeah, too much water is, is not a good thing for your plant. It's not going to make it grow, you know, even better if you just soak it, it's not going to help it. Yeah. And and for those I know uh, for those who are sighted they can tell because sometimes on the leaves like on tomato plants and things they'll start to get little like brown spots and it's my understanding that sometimes that is because of too much moisture. Right. I mean, you, you can totally look at the leaves of all your plants usually and determine what's going on with it. Yeah. And uh, always look at the leaves of your plants because they're going to tell you whenever they're struggling. Yeah. Yeah. Which, you know, again, yeah, that's going to be difficult for someone who's blind or visually impaired uh, at times. But, um, you know, if you have some sighted assistance, certainly, you know, as, as it goes, um, you know, especially getting started, you, they can definitely tell you more about, you know, how the, the leaves are looking and things like that. So, And also, if, if, you know, if your leaves are looking bad and you know it's wet, obviously you need to stop watering right there. You yeah. know, that's obviously not a problem. You know, sure. So, absolutely. So need water. So there's a couple of different uh, things that need to happen when it comes to as these plants are growing. Right. As we go through this process, um, it, we'll get to tomatoes in just a minute. But let's let's stick with just peppers. Right. As the pepper plants are growing. Uh, are there some is there anything you need to feel for on the stalk uh, on various little branches or little things that you need to feel for or pay attention to, um, you know, as those plant, as pepper plants grow that you need to um, pay attention to, take care of, break off, leave alone. What What's the deal with the pepper plants that someone who's visually impaired or sighted needs to feel for and pay attention to, if anything? You know, not really. The The yeah. only thing I will suggest is once your pepper plant gets, you know, a decent size, let's say 18 to 24 inches tall, you'll notice from the stalk up at one point, it's going to split and it's good. There's, it's going to have, you know, two, sometimes some of them have three main support branches. Anytime, anything that's usually growing below that, whether it's a little, it could have developed into a little small you know, little branch, but it usually, usually it's just some random leaves and maybe a little small twig. I usually personally pitch those off because I don't want any of my plant really hanging down to the soil because I don't want any splash back, you know, from the soil onto my plant. Yeah. And isn't that some kind of rot that it develops a, um, a name for that? I, I, personally am not i've never had any problems with any, anything like that with my pepper yeah. with my pepper okay oh i'm okay i think i'm 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 thinking of our next next plant all right um okay so so as as that plant grows up it, it's almost what I don't, I don't, of course if you're just getting started in in gardening you probably wouldn't know this um with trees they talk about ra um uh raising trees where you cut the bottom limbs off and let the canopy kind of grow. Right. Is that, right. that's kind of what you're talking about? Keeping the, a, a thick canopy up top and, and trimming down the stalk as it goes towards the soil. Uh, in a way you just don't, there's no point having anything below those main branches because it's, gotcha. there's, there's too many problems that it can cause yeah. for one. They're not even going to get the sunlight more than likely that they need. So, but I've also had, you know, limbs that have hung down and haven't gotten sunlight that, you know, have produced peppers. But I feel like it's it actually hurts more the plant being yeah. close to the soil. Like and that. anything growing down there it, as it tries to grow is going to rob nutrients from the up, you know, as it, from things above it. Right. So and and, and you know, we that. you know, going back to tomatoes a little bit, you know, we talked about tomatoes being a little more maintenance, I guess. Yeah. 
Yep. No, tomatoes have, for people that aren't aware, have suckers that grow up on indeterminate varieties that can actually cause the plant to not focus on tomato production. So, you know, there that's, I would say it's more of a problem with tomatoes than it is with peppers. Yeah, yeah. All right, so um, so let's get to the tomatoes then, because as that stalk comes up out of the ground and you have your branches that shoot off your 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 vine, it um, generally where I found the suckers to be is from is in that little fork in that V where the yep. main branch and the the uh, the main vine and the the branch shoots off right where those join. There's going to be these little um, tags or suckers, as, as we call them, uh, yeah. that you want to pinch off and remove. Right. And and what they will do, they will try to grow as an as a plant of their own almost. Yeah. But they're not, you know, unless they become really big, they're not going to produce anything. Yeah. Um, and it's going to take away from your primary plant. It's going to be focused on growing green growth out, you know, that little as we, I don't know, I just call it like a V, I guess. Mm-hmm. And uh, we always just pinch them off, you know, like you guys do, just yeah. get them out of the way. And uh, usually you can also tell that where they are is because they usually have a smoother surface along that particular stem over the plant because the tomato plant is going to be more rough and even that little branch off to the side is going to be a little more rough. So Yeah, right, right. And that's a way that you can determine that, you know, for a blind as a blind person. Yeah. Yeah, right. What great point. That absolutely. So, with the peppers and with the tomato plants, um, you know, the, a couple of other differences, let's say. Um, tomato plants, you need to either stake or put a cage around because they are a vine, right? So, they're going to grow up and, and you need to somehow keep them up off the ground. Right. Yeah, definitely. Um, like I said, your indeterminate varieties are vines. Your determinate varieties are usually bush. Ah, gotcha. And uh, but like you said, you got to have a cage. I I only use cages because I'm use I grow determinates. Um, but your cherry tomatoes and your indeterminate varieties are definitely going to need staking. You you can use cages as well, but if you're going to use cages, you're going to need tall cages. Yeah. Um, we, I mean, we had an indeterminate variety we grew a few years ago and this plant was 12 feet tall. We actually had to run it up the cage and run it down a, a, a two by four beam that we had beside our garden and then snake it back down another side just to just, it was really for fun, but just to see how far we could get it to grow, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but really, really once you get beyond um, a certain point, there's really no point in, uh, just letting it keep producing. Cause you can just cut it back and, what I have a friend in South Louisiana. He he grew uh, tomatoes last year, and he was gonna pull his plants up in July because it was just getting too too hot. I said, man, just cut that tomato plant back to about two feet, and then he had tomatoes through December. Yeah, wow. From that same plant, and that's yeah. the one thing good about indeterminate varieties. They will keep. They will just keep growing as long as you take care of your plant. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Now, most of your pepper plants, right, they're going to be bushes. Absolutely. Yeah. So, the, so those will be bush plants. So, you, you don't necessarily, you're not tying them up or, 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 or staking them in, uh, just and tying a, them up. It's a cage. That's all you yeah. need is a cage, you know? Yeah. Absolutely. Um, and so, uh, so to get started, I mean, and, and for that first little bit of, of maintenance is just on your pepper plants, once you get them, you know, get them in the ground as they grow, you know, let them, do you know a time frame for your pepper plants when that, that top canopy is really going to come into itself and you can start uh, main, maintaining the, the stock underneath? Um, I think it really varies on the plant yeah. and the growing conditions. Um, and what, you know, once your plant gets to a, a decent height, and it's producing, you know, clear that stalk up. And you could probably just check that every so often because even if you clear it up, it's still going to randomly grow some stuff down there. Sure, yeah. Um, But I think it was in 2021, I planted my pepper plants in March. And once they get, when it gets to be 95, 100 degrees, they're not, they're just not going to produce. However, for us personally, we, we bring them through through the fall. And our biggest pepper harvest is usually in the fall. 
Um, and we picked peppers on January 1st, 2022. And, um, and that the only reason I even picked them that day is because that was the first day we were going to have, you know, below freezing temperatures. Yeah. Yeah. And, but your pepper plant will, will keep producing. And for people in South Florida, you know, you can grow that one pepper for multiple years. You can make it a, you know, a biannual plant. Right. It's, you know, it's not set to one season. And usually for the people that can do that, that second year is even better. Okay. Wow. Man, that's cool. That's really cool. Uh, and I think if, you know, if you have, if you're in a place that's going to get freezing temperature, it's going to require a lot of work. If you want to try to bring it through to year two, I've never done it um, because you really have to take care of it. It's going to, it's going to require a lot of work, but it is possible. All right. Well, let, let's talk a little bit about the work that goes into this because so far we've mentioned, you know, the, the planter, the uh, initial soil, putting it in the ground, watering it, letting it grow and then taking care of the plant in and of itself. What about adding any other type of fertilizer at any point? Yeah, I know in bigger gardens we'll we'll go along after a certain period of time and we'll add some um some um uh, oh, man. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I w- I would say that like we usually start with like a triple 13 fertilizer. Yeah, there you go. And- okay. You know, or you can use some straight up miracle grow, you know, fertilizer, whatever you want to use. I mean, yeah. But you really kind of want a an all around fertilizer. Now, one of the biggest things I've tell I tell people is once you once your plant gets to a, a your a, a full mature healthy stage, we personally hit our tomatoes and our peppers. Anything that's a huge flowering plant, that you know, the more you you fertilizer you put on it let me rephrase that not the more fertilizer you put on it but whenever it starts needing to flower you put on bloom booster which is a 8 24 24 fertilizer and what that tells the plant is I, I need to flower i need to put on flowers more flowers and the more flowers you get the more you know vegetables fruit you're going to get right right and uh so and, and it doesn't focus on just trying to grow leaves at that point and that has made a huge difference on all of my vegetable gardening as far as peppers and tomatoes go anyway. Awesome. Awesome. Man, that's cool. And and it's and the thing about all of this is the, the fact that someone who's blind or visually impaired that that wants to do this can do it. Absolutely. I'm I'm telling you, I'm 100% blind, you know, blind. Yeah. I see nothing. And uh, I can do it. And I, I know you guys can do it. So, but you got to start somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. And and that's what, that's really what I want to get into first and foremost is the fact that, you know, it, try to get it started easy, easy enough. Right. I mean, that's, it's easy to get started. It's, it's, it's something that you can do regardless of where you live and your arrangement, whether it's an apartment or a house uh, condo, you know, even if you go back to the herbs, right, you can grow right. inside, you know, that, that it's possible. You can do that and have some things that, um, first of all, they smell wonderful. And, oh, yeah. and plus you can do things, you know, various cooks with them and, and just step up your, your uh, recipes a notch and various things. But then of course, when you get your own peppers, you get your own tomatoes going, then, uh, you know, again, we're, we're just talking about, you know, even even more of, first of all, a sense of accomplishment, right? And Oh, yeah. And doing something. Sometimes, you know, they, they talk about gardening as, as being good for the soul in a lot of ways. It yeah. really is. Absolutely. I, I mean, sometimes when people don't have anything to do. If you're blind or visually impaired, you're sitting in an apartment, sitting in a house, sitting on the couch, you're like, it, it, depression can sit in pretty quick. Right. Yep. And, and, you know, sometimes anxiety when you think about getting out and around other people. And this is something that you can do and, and accomplish, right. Uh, with, without, putting yourself in situations that make you anxious and, and it can be a learning experience. You can learn, all right, so I overdid this or I didn't do enough here and, and you can work on it. You can perfect it and then enjoy the fruits of your labor and just the, the sense of accomplishment and independence that you gain can just be a huge mental booster. 
Yeah, and, and I would say for anyone that you know does start and goes down this road, the moment you harvest your very first vegetable and you eat that vegetable, you are going to feel so amazing about yourself. Absolutely. It's going to help you. It's going to make you feel so good. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's right. That's right. And, and, and man, Bruce, there's so much more we could get into and, and, and I would love to have you on to talk about this more as, as the, you know, as far as the process is concerned, maybe this is going to encourage somebody to go out and get some planter boxes, get some, uh, whether it's herbs or whether it's peppers or even tomatoes and get them in the ground and start growing and, you know, have you back to walk through more of this process along the way? Because once the, that fruit starts putting on, you know, people are going to be like, man, I've, I've got too much to eat. And I don't want it to go bad. You right. know, I mean, there's all kinds of things you can do to preserve it when it comes to freezing, when it comes to canning. What, yeah, I mean, just all kinds of things. And you do it all, right? You, you're into all of that stuff. We freeze, we can, we dehydrate. I, I I, do my best to not let anything go to waste. And anything that we end up not eating, it goes in my compost barrel. So yeah. I I don't waste anything if I can help it. Absolutely, absolutely. And and, and not only vegetables. And this is something I want to have you back on to talk about as well. Right. Uh, and that is you can meats. Oh, oh yeah. We, uh, we can't a lot of meats around here too. So that's, uh, I just smoked, uh, I canned some smoked pork yesterday. So, oh, wow. That's cool. That's cool. I'm going to get, you're going to get some of that too, by the way. <laughs> All right. I can't wait. I definitely right. can't wait. Uh, but, uh, you know, we, we had a, we had a little bit of trouble getting together to do the podcast, uh, right. for, a few reasons. I ended up getting put to work by my wife, um, and and we you had yeah right, and, and you had to uh, go and get some rabbit feed. Right. Yeah. We uh, we raise rabbits out here on the homestead as well. So yeah, yeah. And uh, that's another thing. Speaking of you know using everything, we uh, we use all of the rabbit manure in our garden, and uh, I think that's been a huge boost, you know, for our plants. And I think even using that, we don't even have to fertilize as much because rabbit, you know, manure has more nutrition in it for your plants than even chicken manure does. So, yeah, that is, that is so cool. And, and not only with the, um, you know, with the rabbits, as far as manure for the vegetables, uh, you eat them. Uh, yeah, we do. <laughs> I, didn't know if you wanted, I didn't know if you wanted to cover that. Oh, yeah. yeah. We, uh... Hey, dude, this is blind grilling, man. I mean, we're throwing it down now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They, we've, we've put pl plenty of rabbit on our smoker, man. So, uh, and we do our own processing here as well. So, yeah. Which, which is another thing. I mean, you, you're into grilling, smoking foods, smoking meats. Uh, I mean, you know, that's, we, we've talked a lot about that as well. But oh, yeah. uh, uh, real quickly, you mentioned you use the word homestead, right? Mm -hmm. um, there is a Facebook group. D do you manage the Facebook group? Is that? Yeah, yeah. There, um, there was a, a blind woman in Texas that she had seen me in a, a regular homesteading group, and I had mentioned that I was blind. So she contacted me and she said something about, you know, let's, why don't we start a blind homesteading group? And I was like, okay, that, that sounds like a good idea. Cause I would love to be able to help people that are, you know, wanting to do that. And uh, so we did, and that's where homesteading in the dark came from. So and right. we kind of worked on that title for a little bit before that came, you know, yeah. public, I guess, but, and um, yeah, I think, you know, it, it, I wouldn't say there's a whole lot of activity as much recently, but I, I think there's about 80 or so blind homesteaders in there, something like that. So Yeah. Yeah. So if people had questions, I mean, that's definitely a great resource because, you know, it, it's not just me kind of a, the, the hobbyist who've I've had large gardens and I've done the, the, you know, on the deck patio gardening as well. Um, and then help out with my in-laws garden, you know, but, yeah, I mean, like you said, you've you've got the homestead going on full bore, and there's a lot of folks on that uh, on that group that do as well, and they they're extremely nice and kind and willing to answer questions that folks might have. So if they want to join Homesteading in the Dark on a Facebook group, they can do that and uh, and ask some questions there as well. Absolutely, like I tell people, we raise gardens, we raise animals, and we raise kids. That's what we're that's what we're doing here. So. Yeah. Yeah. 
That's right. And, you know, and it just it just goes to show you that, you know, it, it, it we're not the only ones. First of all, you wouldn't yeah. be alone in this adventure. Uh, and there there's a lot of resources, more than people realize. I think that's that's the thing. A lot of folks don't realize the resources that are out there. And part of partly is is our own fault. It, it's it's hard to sometimes spread the word. Uh, as much as we would like, you know, I mean, we're, we're somewhat limited in, 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 you know, our circles at times, but you know, all that people can do to help spread the word on this is just all the more better and more resources we can pull together, uh, when folks are sharing, you know, homesteading in the dark, when they're sharing blind grilling experience and, and, uh, trying to get that knowledge out there. Right. The more the merrier. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Bruce, any last thoughts for today's episode? And, uh, you know, as we, um, you know, definitely want to have you back on to talk, you know, more through this process, but is there anything else you really think needs to be thrown out there, um, before we wrap up today? I just, I just really want people to, you know, if you're sitting around thinking about it, don't think about it, take action, just do it. And if you have any questions, you know, contact, they can contact you and you can forward it over and, you know, or however, however we want to do that. And we can go over them over, you know, go over them on another, you know, podcast or something, but just, just take the step, take the journey. And I promise you, I promise you, you're going to love it and appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It, it, it's fun. It, it is, uh, fulfilling, you know, I mean, this, the enjoyment and, and just, uh, it, it's, it's just, it's just great. It's just great. Uh, for the soul and realizing that, um, you know, food just doesn't come from grocery stores, you know, right. they, they got to get it from somewhere. And sometimes you can get it yourself, you know, from, you, you can do it yourself. And that, that's, yeah. that's awesome. Yeah. You absolutely can produce it yourself. Yeah. Bruce, thanks a lot for joining me on today's podcast. I really enjoyed it. I've enjoyed it too, man. I'm glad to be here. Absolutely. Look forward to having you back on at other times in the future. Folks, thanks so much again for joining us on the Blind Grilling Experience. Stay tuned for more episodes when it comes to grilling, when it comes to smoking meats and foods and cooking in the kitchen, and more gardening episodes as well. I'm excited to bring Bruce back on to talk about uh, all the things uh, when it comes to gardening that he has going on and share some more tips and tricks so you guys can be successful in the kitchen and in the garden as well. Until next time, remember, if you're looking, you ain't cooking. you gotta do Cause if you're looking, you ain't cooking Fire up the barbecue Fire up the barbecue